Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. And today I'm coming to you live from Toronto. I usually come to you live from my bedroom in a little small town. And today I'm coming to you live from Toronto. So um, one of the things actually that I um, do for you know generating an income and creating harmony and peace on the planet is that I work on people's bodies. I do some energy work called the bars. I do a lot of other body processes and I also do something called the mitzvah technique, which is a type of body work that moves movement, I move your body to create more ease and this get through the skeletal system out. So that's what I got to do today. I was playing with bodies and also, you know, creating more ease energetically and through verbal processing in people's lives. So I had a lot of fun with that. And then, you know, I had like half an hour off to do some research for this show. And I was finding out all kinds of cool things about the history of sex toys. So I'm going to fill you guys in on some really cool, interesting things on the history of sex toys. Mostly because I've had a fascination with the history of all things sex-related for a very long time. Um, so I would just randomly read things in, you know, library textbooks, you know, growing up, and, and just like curiosity about all of that stuff. Like, don't even know where that came from. Perhaps I was like one of the original inventors of dildos, for all I know. So, hey, that's great. And, you know, if I was the inventor of dildos, how many of you have I made so happy how lucky are you guys? <laughs> um, what Some of the things we're going to talk about tonight is the history of the toys and also some of the judgments that people have around using them. And that what if you added some tools to your toys to your toolbox, literally, you know what I'm saying? So what if you chose that and how much more fun could that be for you and for your body and whoever you're playing with, all your playmates too? to create some ease for them too, to have more fun and more joy. So um, I actually chose this because I had like a fraxillion points of view about, um, you know, like all kinds of things like vibrators. I never actually chose them because my point of view is I like human contact best. So I had a lot of points of view about it. So it's funny because it's like how much fun can it be to even receive from technology? And as I started to actually allow myself to receive from things like computers to make my life easier, to create more ease in my business, I started to look at all other kind of technologies that I was refusing. And some of them are, to me, like technologies include things like vibrators, you know, they're like mechanical things that we use to, they can create more ease in our lives too. So it was, it's sort of an all together uh, for me, a thing where I'm getting over and starting to look at and starting to choose more of getting over my points of view about all things mechanical and technical 
that what if I were to start to choose them, what would that open up in my life? So that was part of um, this kind of, uh, I guess, kind of like choosing to kind of go through this and kind of discover this. Um, You know, I've gone into many sex shops before. I've looked at all the really interesting sex toys and they all have these phenomenal animal names like the rabbit and the dolphin. And now they've got even cooler names. Like there's all kinds of really interesting gadgets out there that have incredibly lifelike skin textures to them and contraptions and they move in like 45 different directions. And um, about a year ago, a friend of mine and I, we were having dinner and we were discussing, you know, we're always like looking at what we can create in the world. So she and I had come up with, and, and we actually were sitting there as a group of women, and we came up with an incredible vibrator that we figured could, you know, give you compliments while you were lying in bed. And it would say stuff to you like, hey, baby, you're doing a great job. You're looking good tonight. And you could pick voices. You know, you could have like Luther Vandross talking to you, telling you how yummy delicious you were. And then we thought, what else could we add to it? We're like, hey, what if you could add like your favorite songs to it? So it'd be like an iPod in a in a vibrator. And I can't remember. We had like a godzillion ideas. So that night, um, my friend went and she checked it out online to see if anything like that existed. And and it did. <laughs> we were like, what? We were ready to go out, create patents. We're ready to rock and roll and create this vibrator to end all vibrators. It was even going to have like a little stand the way that you know, your um, cell phone could be charged. It was going to have like all these amazing like ease ease of use contraptions and all in one, you know, it would even brush your teeth for you if you needed it to. It was just so convenient, this tool we invented. Um, and and then yet it actually exists. I don't know about the toothbrushing aspect, but there, the rest of it that we had created actually already existed. So how many people on the planet are playing with, all these different ideas on how to add more pleasure to their life. And what if tools can start to add more pleasure to your life? Just as play for fun. Like, what would it be like to actually have more fun with you, with your own body, with others' bodies? And what kind of contribution would that be? And and the question in the chat room is, would we have it in different colors? Absolutely. We Different sizes, different colors. We were on it. We were, we had an, this uh, actually was an amazing contraption. We also had like the idea of having sleeve attachments that you could increase the size, decrease the size. So it was like an all-in-one with um, add-on sizes to it. So yeah, we were really this idea got really developed really really fast. It was over like one dinner, and we were ready to literally go into production mode. And I'm sure we would have had a lot of volunteers so that we could get different um, uh, molds for penises. And I, I think I know probably would have had a, a kind of a lineup to go, hey, use my penis for the dildo. Use my penis. Wait a second. I want to be that size for the dildo. Can you do me that size? So I'm sure we would have had a whole variety lineup of people who were willing to contribute to our creation. Um, so what else is possible with our creation that we didn't consider that doesn't exist yet? We're going to work on that. I think we even had it would light up too, so you could see it in the dark. Like we had everything included. It was incredible. So in so many um, different ways, those things already exist. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. So here we are creating something that already existed. And and all these sex toys that are out there, are they're mimicking body parts. So they're all things that have already existed. We're just recreating them in different ways. So 
there's so many things in our lives that we just, you know, they already exist somewhere in nature and we recreate them in our own way to kind of create a convenience with them. So one of the things that I started to investigate was the history of dildos, particularly. Um, I had remember reading something years ago in a history of sex book. Because, you know, when you go to university for a psych degree, what you do is you take a minor in sex and religion because that all makes so much sense. So I, you know, through my studies, I, you know, learned all these like really interesting and strange things about human sexuality, uh, history of sex and and all things related. And one of the things that I found out in my research was that there was evidence of dildos um, that were more like looking like the ones that we have now that had more like a uh, skin-like effect to them that came in Greek times around 4000 BC and they were wooden and they had um they had they were wrapped in leather and then of course they were you know molded to be like the perfect size and there was actually a person that was like the town dildo maker the way that people have the town shoemaker or the horseshoe maker, there was somebody who was, that was their job. They were the crafting artist of dildos. So, you know, when you look historically at it, there was a lot of people were had a different mindset. Somewhere around the Victorian era, we became a little, everything about sex became naughty. And even just prior to that, you know, sex was becoming really naughty. So everything that was actually supposed to be sexually pleasurable was naughty. If it was medical, it was okay, but if it was sexual, it wasn't so okay. So one of the um, the reasons they, they were trying to justify what on earth would we create these dildos for, and one of the justifications was to actually eliminate hysteria in women. So hysteria was pretty much uh, wherever they considered that women's uh, attitude, behavior, or personality, or their demeanor was not uh, not the way they were normally. So that must mean that they had some kind of, they were going hysterical, and it all had to do with having to have their uh, internal organs, their reproductive organs stimulated, because without that, they would go nuts. So, I mean, how many of us actually do walk around with totally pent-up energy and are feeling like we're going fucking crazy and could use a release every once in a while. Well, the beauty of it is 130 years ago, in the 1860s and onward, even into the early 1900s, you could go to a doctor for that. Because guess what? It was a medical diagnosis to have hysteria. And the treatment? Lucky women out there, hopefully those doctors were good-looking and extra-skilled. You could go to a doctor, and he would masturbate you. And he would also... You know, in, in any way he could in order to have you have an orgasm so that you would no longer be hysterical. I can't even imagine how many women would line up just claiming hysteria to some super good looking doctor. Oh, I've definitely got an issue, doctor. And like, I probably, knowing me, I'd have that hysteria issue at least three or four times a week and be, you know, exchanging my chickens in trade for hysteria treatments. So how lucky were those women then? And how lucky were the women who were, you know, actually 
able to get away with it because until the men realized, until the husbands started to catch on that what the women were going for was sexual pleasure, the men just went, oh, thank God my wife's coming back happier, more pleasant, she's easier to deal with, she can go off to that doctor, that's not a problem. But until then, and so that was cool. And then all of a sudden, there became this awareness that, well, women are getting sexually pleased. Not only that, there was like, because of the women starting to get sexually pleased, they were starting to create more interesting devices that were not just dildos, but like vibrating devices. So vibrators started to come in real handy for these doctors because the doctors were complaining that their wrists hurt. They couldn't possibly go on all day long masturbating women who were hysterical all day long. So they needed to create devices. And it was thanks to the medical system that we actually have vibrators. How did it get any better than that? That's one time I say, yay, medical system, you did something right. And there's a lot of other things that I don't give them pats on the back for, but yay to the medical system for recognizing that women could have vibrators and that could change their lives. And so the original vibrators were actually sold as household appliances, so or appliances, I think, in general. So I challenge any one of you who goes to buy a new house or rent a new space to say, I'd like all the appliances, please, including the vibrator. That's what I'm looking for. I challenge you. And I'd like to see how many of you get away with getting your vibrator included with the dishwasher, with the refrigerator, with the stove, and... How much fun would it be to just see the look on the face of your landlord when you say, yes, I'll take all the appliances, and I believe this is an appliance as well. So that would be uh, that would be pretty darn fun, I think. So next time I go to buy a house or I go to rent a space, I'm going to be asking for the vibrator to be included. How about you? So, like, all this stuff for women for hysteria, I think, is, like, freaking brilliant. And... Oh, the one question in the back, in the chat room is, do we have to get insurance for that appliance? I think I think we're okay. Maybe insurance for our bodies for overstimulation maybe, but I think we're okay. And I think, you know, we can also ask for, um, you know, somebody to come, like the repairman, to show up to show us how to use it. That, I think, should be also included in the contract lease. And you can describe how you'd like the repairman to look as well so that it's a greater contribution to the use of the tool and the item itself because you want to make sure you're totally efficient with your appliances. You don't want to mess around with them. You want to make sure you've got your instructions correct, like insert, turn on, good to go. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the history of and all kinds of fun things and where we might be not choosing to have the most possible pleasurable time ever in a few minutes. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show, with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 
7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? What does optimal cell health mean, and how can you create it? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by Swiss Bionics can improve your well-being in every area of your life. The PEMF mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function. How does it get better than that? Use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function. Cell metabolism and repair begins, and mobility also will increase. Do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at A2Zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Jelanić, and today we're talking about adding toys to your toolbox for pleasure. So one of the kind of reasons, because I had to justify why I would possibly do a show about sex toys on a sex channel, like sex show, I had to justify it. So part of it was so that I could actually get over my points of view about having them and using them. And part of it was that I actually had a point of view about like using technology because I do have a preference for bodies. However, how much fun could it be to add some tools to my toolbox and some toys to my toolbox? So, um, and I ha so story on this one was I did have a I have had a vibrator in my life, and the very first one I had was this like state of the art vibrator, and I got it from the sex show in Toronto where the sex show is immense and it runs for like an entire weekend. And it's all things sex toys. It's like you can meet any porn star you want. It's quite a show. So I get this vibrator at the time. This was like 14 years ago or something. And it's like the state of the art of its day. And and I actually went home to use it because I thought, well, this thing like promises like phenomenal orgasms. I'm going to try this. So I tried it out. 
and me being as cute as I am, I, I tried out and it was so overstimulating that I passed out and fell asleep with this thing running. And at the time I was living with somebody and he came in and he saw me lying on the bed, like passed out with this thing stuck in my crotch. And he kind of shook me. He's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He actually thought I had shocked myself or had done something to harm my body. So, wow, that's what vibrators can do to you. They can shock people. So, you know, fair warning, um, take it out if you're going to fall asleep with it running. Just That should actually be on the package. Take it out if you're going to fall asleep with it running just so that the person you're with doesn't think that you've been electrocuted. So um, part of my adventures in sex toys led me to all kinds of investigation just because I'm curious and because uh, investigation of sex toys is fun. So that's what I was choosing. So I was curious about other sex toys because you know dildos are not the only sex toy out there in case you guys weren't aware of that there are lots of sex toys out there um there are sex toys that i remember seeing for the first time you know i was like 19 walking into a sex shop and the very first time i saw um anal beads i, I was like i was first shocked and i wasn't really sure what to say about it um to the person i was with i was like i thought I'll just pretend like I know what these are. I'm just going to pretend like I know what to do with these things. And I just kind of stared at them for a while. And luckily, he was more ballsy than I was. And he's like, so exactly how do you use anal beads? I was like, I don't know. So let's ask the person. Uh, Then we found out we got an education in anal beads. Um, If any of you guys would like that education, aside from the show, I can give you the lowdown. Um, If you're already aware of how to use them, awesome, because, uh, you know, at 19, I wasn't aware of how to use anal beads. I have to actually say I've never used them, but I was curious, and they looked so jewelry-like and pretty that I was almost compelled to wrap it around my neck and wear it as like a necklace. And then I, you know, realized that that's just not where they go. So, wow, that that would have been an awkward moment walking into some kind of gala or some kind of event that I was supposed to work at with anal beads wrapped around my neck. And I'm glad I didn't choose that, because that's something I would have done. And, and for those of you who know me, I so would have walked around with anal beads thinking it was some pretty jewelry. So one of the other things that I was like curious about is like, what other sex toys? So, you know, we've got men also like to be pleasured with things, right? Don't they? Right, guys? Uh, so there are all these other things that were substituting women. And back in the day, there were, I think it was pirates. Let me double check. Or sailors. Well, we'll call them pirates because, you know, pirates make our sailors they're just way more fun and in the like way back in the day they created these like rag kind of um structures out of they were they were kind of like just old rags right and they've made them into this sort of curvaceous looking body and apparently back in the day in the 17th century french sailors uh, created this thing and they called her the dame de voyage and so she was actually used as a masturbation tool for men. I can't even imagine what kind of a mess those things ended up looking like by the end of that voyage. But that's what they created. So that started to, uh, was sort of like the invitation to the creation of the rubber blow-up doll. And a doctor actually created the, well, he became known as a doctor, I suppose, known as the um, rubber doll maker. 
with, you know, the famous one with the open mouth and all the open holes for easy access. So she was created uh, when when there was access to uh, to the to rubber and things, which was in 1904. So that was kind of cool. Uh, somebody said, "Wait, what's the, wait? That's a rubber band man. Could be." So the, the there's all these other crazy contraptions that have been created. There was also the creation of uh, what was that called? Um, butt plugs. They came out in like 1800s. They were originally used as a medical device. Naturally, most of these toys were used as medical devices. And one of the things it was uh, used for was mostly to kind of help people get rid of, um, well, hemorrhoids or what people call piles. So they, you know, stimulate and stimulating the anus to try and get more of a and, and all the rectum so that it would not actually have all the the problems that would come out with having no stimulation in that area, you know, create some ease, make those muscles a little softer. So I think it's fascinating how we've actually created these things under the guise of this is a medical device, and so therefore it makes it okay. As soon as people started recognizing that half of these things had ulterior motive that you could be used for like ulterior pleasures beyond anything that had to do with medical devices, they started to ban them. Naturally, you would have to ban anything because, hey, women are enjoying their vibrators too much. This is no longer just about hysteria. This, these women are having orgasms. We must eliminate this. So that was no longer available in your local Guardian drugstore that it used to be available in all your local pharmacies just like the butt plug, to get rid of piles. But when it no longer proved to actually do its job to get rid of piles and hemorrhoids, it was then banned because it didn't do its job as the medical device. So half of these things you're going to find in sex shops were originally medical devices. How to get better than that? I wonder how many other medical devices we have now that can actually be construed as uh, sex toys. I don't know. I don't think like an MRI is ultra sexy, but you never know. Maybe in 100 years, people will go, ooh, MRIs, can you believe people use those for like, oh my God, it's such a turn on to have my head just examined. Who knows? Who knows where we're going with all of this? And like whatever we consider uh, pleasurable now, you know, that back, you know, we consider medical problems now like what they considered medical problems then and we're finding all these sexy solutions for. I wonder if we have any going on right now. How fun would it be to like find out what's going on in our what's really going on in our medical system that we could actually have way more fun with. I might actually go to the doctor if I found that any of that was could I could actually go have some fun there. So so what else did we find? Oh, so the vibrator and the vibrator technically came out in the 1860s, they say. Um, however, one of the things that I liked was a sort of not totally confirmed sort of idea that uh, Cleopatra had this device that was, I think it was made out of a gourd, some kind of dried vegetable that would be inserted in her vagina and then they would stick crazy angry bees inside of it to vibrate it. So these people were ultra freaking creative and unbelievably thinking outside the box. So what 
you know, how and where have we made sex so in the box that we're not creating outside of the box? And how many of you out there have phenomenally crazy, interesting ideas where you're like, ah, that's just so insane? Well, what if your insane idea could actually contribute to pleasure in bodies, in your body? And would you be willing to find out what that crazy, weird thing is? You know, I remember hearing all these weird things in high school about, um, oh, so-and-so used a candle. Can you imagine? And it's kind of like now. It's like, oh, yeah, people shove all kinds of things into their body parts. And, you know, back in the day, there were all kinds of farmers who just didn't have the money to go out and pay the local Greek man to make that wooden statue covered in leather and make it oh so pretty. So a cucumber would do just fine. And a lot of cultures, they didn't have phallic symbols that they were making out of wood or bone or anything like that. And so they were using vegetables. And I wonder how much that contributed to their cuisine. So we have, you know, a lot of things that are just regular kind of things that are hanging around your household that might actually bring you pleasure. So look around, see what you've got. What would be fun to play with? I know, I just asked a really weird question and I challenge all of you guys to look around where you are and see what in that space or what in your home could bring you pleasure that you never considered to bring you pleasure. You know, would it be fun to, I don't know, play with a wine glass? I saw a really crazy movie where somebody used a Coke bottle and as a sex toy. That fascinated me. I was like, wow, never considered it. There's so many things we never considered that would actually possibly bring us pleasure. So for all of you out there who, you know, have these things and you think, oh, that's just ultra too kinky or too weird and who could I ever ask to try that or even would I even do that to myself? What if you do? What have you got to lose? What if your biggest ask is to ask you if you'd be willing to do that for yourself. You know, we had a show with Melanie Clampett a few months ago about the big ask, and that was really about asking other people um, about your biggest fantasies. So all the biggest fantasies you have, are you willing to actually pull them off on yourself? How much fun would that be? So would it be fun to, like, use anything and everything that is, you know, a shape that intrigues you, that feels good? Or where would you put it? What would you do with it? How much fun can you have with it? I think I've gone over time. So when I come, we can go to break. When I, I can't believe I just stopped it when I come. So, okay, we'll just go with that. When I come and then we go back to break, uh, we'll talk more about sex toys and all things fun. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? 
thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a Bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? What does optimal cell health mean, and how can you create it? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by Swiss Bionics can improve your well-being in every area of your life. The PEMF mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function. How does it get better than that? Use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function. Cell metabolism and repair begins, and mobility also will increase. Do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Millie Tsiolanich, and today we're talking about adding toys to your toolbox. How much fun can that be? So while we went to break, I have these like incredibly intuitively um, psychic friends, and one of them just sent me a Skype message uh, text to say that he had just had the most incredible sex of his life, and I have to like high-five him on that. I love that I get reports from people on the best sex ever that they've had. Um, and so, yeah, he was pretty darn excited. He might actually call in. Maybe he'll talk about it. So one of uh, one of the things, too, I was looking at as I was going to break with some of these other cool inventions, um, historical inventions, and one of my top favorites is the cock ring, because I like to say cock ring. Actually, I have a funky, weird story about that. Um, I used to work with people who were from war amps, which is like where people have lost limbs and stuff, and I worked with a fellow who had lost his hands. And so, you know, I'm like 20, I'm not naive and silly and horny. And I just asked him, so like when you get married, where do you put your ring? Do you just have a cock ring instead? That's my joke for the night. And that was my joke for the day. Luckily, he was totally cool. And he didn't like think I was totally sick bitch or anything, uh, which I am. But that's cool, too. So um, cock ring. And I'm just going to say it one more time. We're going to talk about cock rings. Oh, yeah. So one of the reasons cock rings were invented um, they were actually created, as far as we're aware of, um, according to history, 
in China. They were created by nobility so that the men could actually sustain their erections. And here's something gross. For all of you who are really, really, really willing to hear something absolutely going to make you want to puke, possibly, I don't know, it made me almost go, I had a few points of view about this. But the original cock rings were made from the eyelids of a goat. And they kept the eyelashes still intact to keep the wearer from actually being able to have pleasure. It just kept him going for hours and hours and hours. Holy Liston. I can't even imagine the agony that man would be in with eyelashes poking into his penis or her if the eyelashes are poking into her vaginal opening. Oh my. So, wow. That was educational. Although, you know, just cock rings in general are fun and funny to me because I think the very first time I saw one, I'd gone to a strip joint and and it was humorous to me because, uh, you know, all the guys have a different way of wearing, like they all had different ways of wearing them. Some just like at the shaft, someone like wrap them right around the balls. Like there was so much variety. It, it kind of blew my mind that there was so much variety on how to utilize a cock ring. It surprised me actually. And, and at first I was like, what is that? You know, for a girl who was like pretty like interested in bodies my whole life, I really had like very limited knowledge about all the extra things you could add to your toolbox. And so, yeah, my first experience, I'd heard about cock rings, but my first experience seeing them was um, the only uh, ever time I've actually been to a male strip joint to see men stripping. How fun is that? And that was fun for me. So uh, I liked it. And so uh, apparently they used that so that they could last longer to make sure that they could, uh, you know, create heirs. And they wanted to make sure they had heirs to their kingdom. So here's a fun one. Geisha balls. Around AD 50, 500, sorry, 8500, um, the balls were originally used for for men. Um, and I didn't know that because I'd actually worked in a store in Toronto that was right beside Lovecraft. Which, so on my lunchtime, that's where I would go. I'd usually head to Lovecraft or, you know, I'd go off to um, a grocery store and go get great cake. So either way, I'd have my cake and eat it too. And on that you know, on some occasions I'd go in and I'd find like really cool things. And one of them were uh, these devices that, you know, women can put in their vaginas so that they can use them as like exercise. Um, They're like exercise eggs. And there are also these balls that you can stick inside your body that move. So originally these balls were used on men and they were put inside their rectums. And that was sort of like as they move, these things would move and create pleasure for them. So they're known as Benoit balls or Rinotama or Burmese balls. And I think that's kind of like the ones that I was talking about that go on that I would call the necklace, the pearls that you could wear. Um, so you can, they come in different sizes and they can, you know, they can heighten, uh, they can heighten a lot of things like heightening orgasm. So as a person's having an orgasm and you can move the balls that you can actually uh, stimulate them more. Uh, I personally haven't tried them, but I am aware of how they're used and they kind of seem intriguing. So maybe one day I will get some, I will get me some of those string balls. We'll see what happens. So the penis enlargement tool came out in the third century AD. How cool is that? Um, But, you know, through the Kama Sutra and people were kind of looking at what they would like their penis to look like the penis in the pictures. I think there was a lot of that going on. 
So they created these things that you could put on top of your penis. And they were made out of stuff like gold, ivory, and silver to supplement penis size, length, and thickness. How cool is that? And they also had... Oh, so, yep. There's a few... There's a few other things, like I was not aware that pornography was a thing, you know, in 33,000 BC, but there is evidence of of uh, statues that are, you know, having like copulation sort of scenes and made out of mammoth tusks that have been carved. It's like, wow, that's cool. I learned so much today, it was like crazy. So... Uh, and of course, a natural one, and some people still use this, and I'm not really sure why, because I'm not really fond of using um, really good quality food products on my body. I'd rather use them for cooking, but you can use uh, olive oil for lube, and that's what the Greeks like to use, because they're the Greeks. They needed lube. Think about the fun things they were doing. Plus, they had dildos they needed to insert that were made with leather and stuff that needed to be lubricated. So these people are super creative. How creative can we be? Like, what could we create? I'm so excited to, like, now create a sex toy that's never been invented before. Like, my friend and I had assumed that we had created the stellar one of the lifetime, but then found out that it wasn't quite on the ball. So what else could we create? How much fun could it be? There are there are just amazing things, actually, in the sex toy industry. There are shows dedicated to them. You can have people come to your house and do parties for them, and one of our um, people in the chat room are saying that she has a friend that does sex party toys, and, and I've been to a few um, that are sex party toys. And not knowingly, I got hired to do other things like tarot readings at them, and I show up at a sex toy party. Woohoo! So there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that can be a lot of fun, and how much fun can you have with everyday items? everyday fun and like a lot of these things that are being that have been created like penises that are fake like dildos like what else would you like to try that you could invent that might actually be pleasurable for the body and could be natural could be fun how much fun could you have i think those you know balls that people used were probably in you know the idea of i just sat on the beach and like the stone went up my bum and whoa did i like it i'm not sure but maybe i did maybe it felt weird maybe i liked it you like weird things show up. You never know. Something just lands in your body and it's pleasurable and maybe you could create something from it. How much fun could you have? So I'm like talking at some kind of mega speed tonight just because I think I was like, oh my God, I'm going to talk about sex toys. This is going to be crazy. So for um, let me see if I have anything else to say because I think I'm talking at like some kind of ridiculous speed right now. My, my own brain isn't even catching up to me. It's really funny. So what else can I tell you guys about? Oh, this is fun. This is a fun bit of information that I liked too. And and I was talking to a friend of mine who says that she's pretty sure that these practices still exist in India. So one of the practices uh, was that it was considered that hymen blood was kind of mm, dirty or bad. So if anybody's going to marry a virgin, you know, they're going to have to get through that hymen and that blood's just dirty. So in the cultures that believe that, they would have somebody come in, like the local holy man would show up on the wedding night and before the husband would get his in, the local holy man would show up with a stone dildo and break the hymen. And usually this amazing practice was done in front of the entire village because that's just how they rolled. Everybody had to knew 
No, you know, they didn't have Facebook then. So instead of telling all your friends you lost your virginity over Facebook, your entire village could watch you lose it with a dildo. Although, does it technically count when it's a dildo? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. That's just my point of view. So there's this whole, uh, there's been this like whole thing historically about, um, you know, why women can what like what makes it okay for women to actually use dildos what if they can just have fun with them what if there was nothing that made it wrong or bad and how many other things in our lives are we not choosing because you know it's okay if it's medical or if there's a problem with your body oh it's okay doctor if you stick your finger in my bum if you're checking for prostate cancer but if my wife jane does it that's not cool so what if it is cool? Like, what if it doesn't have to be for medical purposes? What if your body really enjoyed it? And would you be willing to explore things that, you know, that, you know, maybe the doctor only does for you or parts of your body that have never been touched? So here's an example. Like, so you have a, so you have a vibrator and, you know, you're assuming that all vibrators are supposed to only be used on certain openings like you can go in your vaginal opening it could be used on your clitoris or it could go in your anus but have you ever tried to put it anywhere else like have you tried to put it in your mouth how much fun would that be i suggest that if you're going to stick it in your anus to actually wash it before you stick it in your mouth it's just my point of view so oh i was just told i need to go to break so we can do that on that note that is very educational note if you're going to use your vibrator on your anus. Please wash it before you stick it in your mouth. And on that note, we will come back from break. We'll talk more crazy talk. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run, assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The BARS is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a BARS session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? What does optimal cell health mean? And how can you create it? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by Swiss Bionics 
can improve your well-being in every area of your life. The PEMF mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function. How does it get better than that? Use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function. Cell metabolism and repair begins, and mobility also will increase. Do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at A2Zen.FM. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. We have like five minutes left, just less than six minutes left. I don't know where the time went, but my body's like buzzing just talking about vibrators. It's like, ooh, vibrators, ooh, and like now I'm buzzing, so that's cool. Uh, maybe it's the cell phone. It's really hot. I'm not sure. Either way, my body's happy, so I'm so grateful for all of you for like choosing to come in and listen to this, possibly the most educational of all of my Pleasure Zone shows I've ever done. Uh, I usually like to do lots of clearings and get you guys to a place where you're willing to receive. And this one is more like, hey, want to choose a toy? Go for it. Want to create a toy? Awesome. Go for it. How much fun would any of that be? I don't even know how to do clearings right now on sex toys because I'm buzzing so much. So the only thing that I came across that people have points of view about um, sex toys was on a bunch of Christian sites. And hey, that's cool. So one of the points of view is a woman that was saying that, you know, the names, they just don't work for her. Um, and that some of the other stuff was that she didn't want to buy from that sex shop because they also sold pornography. I was like, hey, man, she's interesting. <laughs> she'll she'll use them, she'll consider it, but because they sell pornography, that's against the rules. And as long as she's using them with her husband consensually, it's okay. But if she uses them on her own, that's masturbatory and wrong. I was like, wow, this is all very fascinating that there are all these points of view about sex toys and that I have the points of view about, well, they're like electronics, so I'd rather prefer human contact. Um, and what if you can have both human contact and toys all at the same time? How much fun can that be? And, and, and you know, there's so many toys I didn't even mention. I dare any one of you who have never been in a sex shop to just go in there and nobody knows you. Ask as many questions as you like. How much fun can you have finding out how do you actually install a sex swing in your ceiling? Do you require extra stuff in your rafters to make sure that that's strong enough to hold you? You know, what else would you like to throw in there? You know, how do you look after dildos? What kind of special, do you need a special cleaning stuff for that? Like, what else do you need to know? There's so many questions you can ask that could just be so fun that none of these people even know you. So how much fun can you have going out there, um, getting information, having fun with it, and asking for, like, things that are so totally out of your comfort zone to get you out of your box of, you know, especially if you feel like you've been kind of puritanical about your way of um, behaving or choosing sex and copulation. Like, if you 
if you'd like to get out of your way of being puritanical and the rightness of the way of the things that you're choosing, like, oh, I can only do it with so-and-so and I can only do this and I can never use a toy because that's masturbatory. What if you go and you just choose it and just for the heck of it, even if it's for like 10 minutes of your life and go see how much fun you can have just being totally out of your comfort zone and out of your box of comfort. Because this, for me, is actually like, here I have a sex talk show. And I'm talking about, this is like, what, 37 episodes in or something? And I'm not talking about sex toys. And because really, I don't have a lot of, I, I thought I didn't really have a lot of information on them, but I guess I have a lot of points of view on different things about them or people, why they're not choosing them or why they are choosing them. So how cool is that, that we can just clear our points of view and then start choosing what works for our bodies? Here's some fun. Go to the sex shop and ask your body which vibrator or which dildo would bring it the most pleasure and which vibrator or dildo is going to bring it money. Because how much fun can you have asking sex toys questions to actually enhance your life? And if anybody would like a class on that, you'd like to come live to Toronto, we can go to sex shops and ask the sex toys questions. How much fun could that be? You know, hey, body, if I buy that sex swing, what would my life be like in five years? Hey, body, if I take that home and install it, what would my life be like in five years? So how much fun could you have just like asking the toys questions and choosing which ones work for you? Because so many people will just buy them. And like me, with that one that made me fall asleep, I didn't ask that thing any questions. I just heard that that's the most stellar vibrator on the planet. I had to try it. It had like every gadget that could stimulate everything possible in my like nether regions, I like it would stimulate my vagina, my clit, my anus, all at the same time. And it just overwhelmed me. I didn't ask my body, hey body, would this really work for you? I didn't have those questions at the time. So when you go to choose toys, ask your body if it would nurture it, would it be fun for your body, what would it like? And all of those questions, because it can be so fun. You can have so much fun with it. With 30 seconds to go, I want to let you guys know that there are some um, amazing classes happening in Toronto. And a friend of mine, Christine, is doing a foundation and level one class, which is uh, you have a prerequisite of bars. And there are bars classes coming up in Toronto area, GTA area as well. I think my friend Carol is doing some of those coming soon. And I've got um, a bars class coming in June, on June 7th in Toronto. So for any of you who are looking for classes that, you know, can change your life, enhance your life, and turn you a little bit more crazy like me, Go to accessconsciousness.com and check it out. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melitza Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.